Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3PA. On an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta. Go now. Watch that clock fire, boys. Right now, I feel like I'd take on the whole Empire myself. Target, maximum firepower. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Echo Base. This is episode number 218, recorded on Sunday, June 7th, 2020. I am joined tonight by Tim. Tim, how are you? I I mean, I'm fine. You, I think you just butt-dialed me. Did, did I? So, yeah, yeah, I really, I don't know why I'm here, but... Um, well, you know, I, I think we can just pretend we're doing a regular episode, because we're without Eric tonight, so we're not doing a video show. We're going back to our old uh, kind of setup. Um, this is old school. It is. We're not doing no video. No video. No Twitch. No YouTube. But there is YouTube, not just of just not of this episode. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, this episode will not be able to be shown on our brand new YouTube channel, which you can check out. Yeah. Brandonchatter.com slash YouTube. Just not this episode. Yeah. Just not this one. That's okay. We can we can pull this off and and do an old school audio only show. Feels weird not having yeah. a, a live chat room with us though. Yeah, that that is uh you do kind of get used to having that and it's nice to have that interactivity. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But that's okay. This is still going to be a great episode. It it will, We're it will have be a good time. We it, of course, we always do. And and let's just get right into it, I guess. Um absolutely. Let's do it. So, you know, th there's not a ton of Star Wars news <laughs> this week. We're still going to have fun with this. But, you know, with everything going on, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, we are in the middle of the whole Black Lives Matter thing going on. Yeah. So there's not a lot of news that doesn't revolve around those two things. It, but, it, it you know, it is tough. And and the thing is, both of those obviously are, are really important. Um Mm. And, you know, they're definitely worthwhile talking about. We're, we're actually going to talk about both of those things in, in some way uh, over in Random Chatter. Right. Which we're going to do next. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting time. You know, we, we thought that, like, the pandemic was going to be the highlight of things and eventually it would go away and we would go back to normal. But, you know, unfortunately, there are other crazy and terrible things going on in society uh, and not just here in the U S either. I mean, there's obviously um, a, a lot of like the black lives matter stuff is centered here in the U S but there are, you know, racism is not something that is unique to us. Um, no, it, it, this, it happens all around the world and there's a lot of people around the world who are uh, supporting the cause to, to fight against this, which is, uh, which is fantastic. And, and not only, mm -hmm for themselves in their own countries, but also rallying around what's going on here in the U S which, um, unfortunately has, has gotten violent at times. Um, you know, which obviously we're, we're certainly not endorsing that, but it's great that there's a lot of voices out there that are talking about this and discussing this. And, um, it, you know, it, it's also, it, it, I think it's important to mention that like, you know, we generally stay away from politics 
here on the network. And it's not a political thing. I mean, civil rights fundamentally is not a political thing. And uh, I, some people make it political. And sometimes it does venture into politics. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it is something that we all have to that we really should all be championing. So, yeah, it's something that I mean, not just rallying for or against it. it it's something we're bringing, bringing light to people are yeah. making this uh, taking taking advantage of the situation to bring this to more people's view, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure everybody's more aware of this and, and, and what does constitute and what doesn't and what helps and what doesn't help. Um, mm -hmm. I think like with a lot of things, though, it has created some more ripples within social media, um, depending on how people are handling talking about something or, or not talking about something. Um, people were getting you know, ostracized on, on Twitter or um, uh, Instagram for, for using the hashtags wrong or not being sensitive to something. Um, when that was the only thing that was on people's minds. So it did create some, some issues for some people, but, uh, I think all in all, it's, it's a great thing that has come to light and people are now more aware of this than ever before. Yeah. You know, kind of like yeah, the absolutely. was last year. Was it last year? Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Last year, the year before, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, that, um, it's, it's something that we've always been aware of, always known as there, but it's on a periphery. And then. And something like this is such puts such light and focus on this that it now becomes more in your in your in your awareness. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and truly, I mean, it, it it is permeating everything. Just just like the pandemic did. It's uh, when I was doing the show notes, for random chatter. Uh, I have kind of a given slate of like a dozen different news sources that I go to for for pop culture news. And every single one of them, whereas, you know, for the last few months, it's been pandemic, 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 you know, coronavirus stuff has been on top mm -hmm. and then you're kind of digging down for, for other things. And of course there's, you know, the, the, the influences on pop culture or the impacts on pop culture that, that coronavirus had. And now it's, we're seeing the, the headlines being, um, something to do with the demonstrations and the movement for Black Lives Matter and how that is impacting uh, pop culture and all the people in pop culture who are speaking out um, in this whole movement. And, you know, we're, we're, the thing is, Black Lives Matter is, is a movement that's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of gotten some traction here and there, but this time it's gotten a lot of traction and it's gotten a lot of notice. And I, you know, I, I think we're going to see some real meaningful change coming out of it this time. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you're seeing a lot of stuff coming in. This is something we can talk about in chatter more, but, um, you know, police department, some of the others are coming out with their list of things to do and, and not to do and, and kind of, a, you know, either a six or a seven task list of, you know, mm -hmm. steps of order, things have to happen and the police departments are adopting new policies. And I think that that's great. This is good stuff to have happen. Yeah. So, uh, Unfortunately, it takes mm -hmm. an explosion like this to get some meaningful change. And, and, and that's really unfortunate and lives lost and, and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it, it, it would be foolish to ignore it. So, you know, hopefully, again, hopefully good, meaningful change comes out of this. Exactly. So, well, let's get so back we into have, Star Wars stuff. Um, Tim, first topic is something that's near and dear to your heart, right? Thrawn. Yes. 
Thrones. So, so there is there's rumors, and none of these have been confirmed by Lucasfilm. So we have a lot of rumor <laughs> stories this yeah. week. Um, and of course, we know we talked about this recently too that you know Lucasfilm doesn't really acknowledge anything until they were to make an announcement, and their announcements are more of kind of oh this is what's going to happen and nothing about it. And six months later, you'll hear oh we're changing that. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. But um, the the talk is now that they are looking to cast a live action General Thrawn. Yes. Or Admiral Thrawn, sorry. Um, I mean, I, I think this is pretty interesting. I mean, we don't know if it's going to be a, a, a Thrawn series or he's going to be rolled in something else. I mean, I, there's a lot of places he could go with this. And, and you've got your thoughts of a trilogy movie. But, um, you know, could this be a Disney Plus series coming around? Uh, you know, it, it could be. I think that would be awesome to see because I think there's a lot of opportunity to explore things. And, you know, for as much as I am really a big fan of uh, the opportunity that doing something as a series, something episodic really gives us, I'm also wondering, I mean, obviously I'm still a big fan of of theater of big screen releases. So mm -hmm. it does make me wonder, not that I'm saying that this shouldn't be because I'm totally cool with it being, but it also does make me think, okay, if we're, we're doing all this Disney plus stuff and they're pushing so much effort into Disney plus, which is fantastic. Right. But what's going to be on the big screen. And maybe at this point, they're kind of just hedging their bets and seeing what's going to happen with the film industry overall. Yeah, because they're they can push a lot into Disney Plus and make some good money off of it. I would actually expect that Disney Plus rates are probably going to go up. Um, we'll probably see them go up in the next year or two. If it goes up a couple of bucks, I, I'd be OK with it. I think we're getting value mm -hmm. out of it. Uh, and especially once the Marvel stuff starts later this year and all that, right. I think it's going to be right. incredible. But, but, you know, they've yeah, got a... I, I, I wonder why they're thus far avoiding anything to do with film. I mean, we've gotten all these director announcements, which we've talked about that. That's, right. That to me right. is meaningless at this yeah. point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's tough to say because, um, I mean, Star Wars lives on the big screen. We, we know that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where they've started and they've always been there. It's only recently that we've had television stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, now with the live action television stuff going around, it seems like a huge push to go that direction. I mean, partly my, my opinion is that part of this is because of the backlash over movies. Um, they're held to a different standard. Maybe I don't think people are taking the television stuff as, I don't know if they, I don't want to say they don't feel it's as important, but um, it doesn't seem to have the same scrutiny that, that movies do. Right. So when um, the rise of Skywalker came out and it was a huge backlash, both, or I shouldn't say huge reaction, both pro and con against it. I mean, I loved it. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. And there's some, no middle ground and people are just, you know, if, if I hate it, you got to hate it too type thing. I haven't seen that kind of reaction to the television stuff. And I don't know if it's just because we got a better product with Mandalorian. And, and then the, the uh, animation stuff was all more geared towards younger audiences. So it did mm -hmm. the same kind of, um, you know, you're ruining my childhood type thing from, from adults watching. This stuff. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I'm just curious as to how much of this is really because of the coronavirus stuff and how much this is just, they're putting their, their eggs in the TV basket instead of the movie basket right now, because it's safer. 
um, you know, if they can still develop movies going forward and just get some real wins with television stuff on Disney plus, mm-hmm. that may go a long way towards making fans happier about the whole uh, direction that star Wars is going in. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, it certainly does make sense that if they are going to do something, um, with Thrawn and, and this, in this particular rumor, it says they're casting a live action Thrawn for quote, upcoming projects. Mm. Could be big screen, could be small screen. Yep. Now there is an associated, well, maybe associated, maybe not, but it makes sense it would be associated. Uh, there is a rumor that they're also casting a live action Ezra Bridger. Mm. And this mm-hmm. rumor specifies that it's for a Disney Plus series. Okay. Obviously, it would also make sense that if they're going to do something with Ezra, it pretty much has to be associated with Thrawn. There's, I don't see a whole lot of sense in going, uh, doing an Ezra prequel, uh, mm-hmm. basically, you know, whatever happened with him before rebels. I, I don't that see makes no sense. You're right. A lot of juice there. Yeah, no, no. Cause he was so no, it would absolutely. Yeah. It'd be like yeah. having a prequel, you know, what was Luke Skywalker doing <laughs> before yeah, a new yeah, home? Exactly. No, he was nobody. He didn't matter. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you, you might be able to find a couple of interesting nuggets there and, you know, Ezra's parents were kind of part of the the, the budding resistance and that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I just I don't see enough there. Um, I, I do see an awful lot of interest. Fundamentally, it's I mean, it's it wouldn't be a sequel to Rebels, but it would certainly be a continuation of the storyline for those characters. Right. And or I don't think this surprises just, just Ezra, you know. It, it, it Well, it certainly could, but we know that Ezra, at the end of Rebels, left with Thrawn. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have the two together, and, and that's that's a big thing. And, and I, I mean, that's definitely an adventure that I'd want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I mean, while certainly I've been, uh, you know, f- of course, teasing people with the, the Thrawn trilogy that's <laughs> right. going to come out, but also Lucasfilm has said, hey, no more trilogies. We're not going to do it anymore. So they're either going to do a single film, maybe a duology. We don't know. But if they're going to do a series, give us one or two seasons of a Disney Plus thing. That's a fair amount, you know, especially if they're 40 minute episodes. I'm totally down with that. I I'm I'm good. Oh yeah, we've said before we get a lot more content out of a television series mm-hmm. and a lot more character growth um delving into things they're doing not just about the main point of the of the story, but you can spend an episode and talk about something aside from the main point of the story. Um yeah, I, yeah, I am I am all over television stuff where you get you know, half hour episodes, hour episodes, 10 episodes long versus one movie where you're not going to get the development of the characters that we really want to see. Mm-hmm. So you get more content, you get more story, you get more character. I, I'm all over yeah. the, the television stuff if they do it this way. You absolutely do. And they're also not sacrificing the action. I mean, when we look at the stuff that's come out of the first season of Mandalorian, yes, the, the, the episodes had an ebb and a flow to them, but I think that's mm-hmm. okay. You can't have all action all the time. And I think even... Some of those maybe slower ones. First of all, they're 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 building character. Right. You know, they're they're continuing to explore and expand on characters, and very similar to what a lot of people said about certain episodes in Rebels or certain episodes in, um, in the Clone Wars, where you know people would say, oh, that's a it's a filler episode. 
And then like, you know, two or three seasons later, you realize, Oh no, that wasn't filler. Like mm-hmm. there was actual relevant stuff that happened in there. Right. It just happened to be maybe a slower pace or completely out of sync with the episodes that surrounded it. Yep. So a lot of people were just so dismissive of it because it didn't explore something that was obvious to them or that they wanted to explore. But, you know, now it's something legit. And I think we're going to see some of that out of the Mandalorian. I mean, a lot of us complained about uh, the, the, well, not complained, but maybe we were a little disappointed with the uh, episode from the Mandalorian that had Ming-Na Wen in it. Mm-hmm. It just didn't like, it was good, but it really didn't have that power that we wanted, especially with her. I mean, she's like this awesome action hero and everything she's in. And we just didn't get to see a lot of that explored. I'm thinking that we're going to see a lot of elements of that come back. Yeah. Or we I'm may see that we're going to see her come back. I was just going to probably see her come back. I mean, she yeah. was, we're not confirmed she was dead or anything. In fact, it's funny because mm-hmm. you mentioned the Mandalorian and we, I think we were kind of critical of it when it was airing because it was shorter than we thought it was going to be. You know, the episodes mm-hmm. were, you know, what, 35 to 40 minutes long as opposed to, you know, longer than we were hoping for like an hour. Um, and this seems like it went over too fast and, and it was like slow burn until the very end and so forth. Now I just rewatched it. Um, my, my wife, I convinced my wife that she, she needed to see it. So we sat down and binged mm. it this past week or so and seeing it all in a short period of time like that, as opposed to doing it weekly, I thought really helped out the story because oh, sure. you got it in one concise package. We did it over a couple nights and it was like, okay. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had that. Oh, this week was a throwaway episode because it didn't really do much. Yeah. You know, you saw that one back to back with something else. You know, okay. You know what? See how it plays in. And it was, it was a lot of fun watching it. Um, yeah. but well, you see how it connects a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even just like in a take any feature film, any feature film, you know, two hours, two and a half hours, whatever, whatever can't be all action all the time. No, it's, it's, it's gotta have its ups and its downs. It's, it's, it's a writing thing. They have to respect what the characters are doing. They also have to respect the audience and the fact that mm-hmm. the audience, the audience actually needs to come down from it too. Oh yeah. You and get, you you get know, exhausted. Uh, if it's all action. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at, look at the first, what, 20 minutes of saving part Ryan. It's like, you saw that theater. You're like, Oh God, I need a break. You know, so that was a really rough opening and it was like just all action. Yeah, it absolutely is. And then that movie after that, it kind of, mm-hmm. they literally, they just go into this big bunch of dialogue and they're talking about what this whole, basically the whole setup and premise to the movie after that. And so, and, and even music is written that way. You know, you look at music, it's, you have your highs and lows to music. Very little music is just constantly all on all the time. Um, uh, yeah, so you you have to have those ebbs and those flows to it, and I think uh, certainly in a in a in a series you do it. And you're right, Lou. We're watching it over again with the ability to essentially binge through the whole thing. You see that connection. You see those ebbs and flows. And yeah, there are elements of certain episodes that are almost just kind of like an interlude, mm-hmm. where you can actually just you you can lean back a little bit instead of sitting on the edge of your seat. You can lean back. You can take a breath you're seeing what's going on and then pow, something else hits you again. It, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking back at the episode. The only thing that was uh, still doesn't sit well with me was the episode, the prisoner. They did the raid on the, um, Republic transport prison transport. It, 
that was a really interesting one. I, I think the purpose there was to really to try to allude to some of the Mando's past. Yeah. And exactly. I think that that's going to be further unveiled later, but you're right. It was um, in terms of pacing and setting and all that. It was, it was awkward in this season, right? It took him out of what was going on with everything he was doing with the child and put him into a whole different scenario for a minute and then brought him back. The only yeah. thing is I mean, we had a couple of characters live uh, that he left on transport uh, mm-hmm. locked up. So maybe they'll come back and, you know, something next season or something. So you just yeah. see what that comes around again. Um, let's see here. Uh, so John Favreau was talking about Mandalorian season two. Um, principal photography is now done, which I think we kind of talked about that a while ago that we thought they were done, but now it's confirming they are. Mm-hmm. Um, are they still on track for October? Yeah. On track. October debut of season two. Okay. I am excited about this as we're just talking about Mandalorian. Now my wife's all excited for season two. She's like, that, that's it. Cause we got the last episode. She's like, <laughs> well, is it? It's only eight episodes. I'm like, yeah. She goes, Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Tells you a little let down. But. Yeah. Yeah. He, so, uh, John Favreau is being, he's part of a virtual panel for the ATX television festival. Uh, it was moderated by someone from Vanity Fair. And he said, we were lucky enough to have finished photography before the lockdown. And thanks to how technology forward Lucasfilm and ILMR, we've been able to do all of our visual effects and editing and post-production remotely through systems uh, that had been set up by those companies for us. Nice. So, you know, that's, that's really awesome to see. And, and I think that so much of it definitely makes sense when you see how much they put into pre-production for each episode, which we've gotten such a terrific behind the scenes of oh my with, God, yes. um, with Disney, uh, Disney gallery. Yeah. If I can get that out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Disney gallery has given us a whole new insight. And I, I keep, every time I watch this, I just keep thinking, why don't we have this for the feature films? But, um, yeah, yeah, the the episodes they've given us for that, and we're going to jump ahead in the show notes here for a second because I, I definitely think this, this ties right into this. Um, you know, all those episodes of, of Disney Gallery have given us good information as far as the acting, the stuff they're using on set, how they're doing, how they're how they're coming to as this is a team coming together to to develop these these stories. Um, I, I am just so interested in the whole process. In fact, the last episode they had was what called the process, wasn't it? Uh, visualization. Wasn't it? No, I thought it was, it was visualization. That was the name of the episode. Yes. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I thought it was, it was, that was, it was the process, but, uh, it was very much about the process though. Um, uh, mostly in pre-production and it mm-hmm. showed uh, a, a big part of it was this, um, pre-visualization thing that they did, which is right, basically animation a computer animation mm-hmm. of it. And so they were able to, uh, and, and the episode directors were part of that. So they got to basically direct animation, um, which was also a big tie in for, um, his name has left me. Um, who are you talking about? Uh, director of Clone Wars. Oh, um, I can't know. All I was going to think it was John Favreau. Uh, <laughs> thanks Tim. <laughs> thanks Tim. Um, <laughs> Oh, the lone wolf. What's his name? Tim. 
<laughs> You're killing me here. Yeah. Dave Filoni. Dave, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yelling at their TV. Oh, yeah. People were screaming audience. at us. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's uh, Dave Filoni got to help a lot with that because that's what he's done for so many years right. as uh, yeah. a director in animation. I liked him to see and, it in so, that episode where he's like, Okay, now I go back to do what this is what I normally do anyway. So this is this is my thing. Exactly, like, yeah. exactly. And it was it was it was actually it, to me it was actually surprising how much effort that they put into that mm-hmm. before doing anything live action. But it also made sense given um, the uh, the the environment, given the 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 set, uh, what they call it, the volume. Right. Yeah. The volume yep. the, that that 360 degree set that they work in is it, it's so surprising. Uh, I mean, well, it's not surprising. I get what once you actually get a sense of what it is that they do mm-hmm. that. So that pre visualization gives them a concept of what they have to have in the background because of what's going on in the foreground and what that action is and all that stuff. Well, they, so it helps gotta, them with, with the set. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got to develop that set as they go along too. It's not just, you know, Hey, this is the set we're working in. It's how you have, so let's plan our shots around what's physically there. They can make yes. any change they want to, to make that exactly what they want and then make the set from there. But I, I think it's actually, I think it actually helps them in terms of being ready to shoot live action stuff faster because now they're not, like planning on set, you know, almost not, not that you do it on the fly, but you know, there's going to be some things when you get every, all the actors, everybody there on scene and you're like, Oh, you know what? I didn't realize that was going to be a thing here. Let's see, move this whole around, you know, break for lunch, come back in an hour or so. We'll have this all changed around ready to go. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now they can plan that ahead of time. That pre-visualization stuff really helps them get to the point where when we have the actors on set and, you know, you've got a lot of high priced talent there, both actors and cinematographers and, and, and everybody else that are waiting on the director to make a move. Now he can be more prepared to do that when he's ready to go. So yeah, I think it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely able to maximize a lot of stuff. And you know, I have to imagine that there was, when you look at some of the directors that have participated in this, like, like Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, I have to imagine uh, that some of the stuff that that she has worked with, uh, well, as Chris, when she did uh, Jurassic World, mm. there had to have been a lot of there had to have been at least some extent of pre-visualization in that because so many of the dinosaurs were not practical effects. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, some of them were puppets or robots or whatever, but so much of it was CG that they had to the director had to see what was going to happen in that set. So he could properly direct the people and have the cameras at the right angles and that kind of thing. Right. Right. Now the episode before that was the one on practical effects. Um, yes. And that was, I mean, we've had this big push on for practical effects since the sequel series was being in development. I think there's a lot of backlash mm-hmm. over what George did with all CGI stuff and how, nothing was real in those movies and these are going back to almost everything being practical. Um, yeah, good or bad. I mean, I think there's, there's room for both. I think you need to have both digital and practical totally. effects, but, um, I thought it was interesting how well the practical stuff went to for the child. Um, Oh you know, yeah. The team of people that, that, are, was that were making that puppet do its thing and make, you know, one guy doing the eyes, one guy doing the head and the ears. And so it's like, wow, there's a lot of people, there's three, three people controlling, 
this little baby <laughs> on yeah. set. Um, so and it's so, funny that they were talking about like how realistic it was that like people would actually walk on set and like, Oh, look at the baby. And they're talking to the baby and they pick right, up right. and hold the baby. And it's so funny that like it became truly, it, it became a cast member for them. Well, they mentioned one of the directors giving direction to the puppet. Yeah. And, and yeah. not that people that were controlling the puppet. And it was like, yeah, okay, it works. Cause you know, that's who you're directing. <laughs> and I, I will get my cues for the, for the eyebrows and you, your cues for the ears and you'll do your thing for the eyes and the mouth. But um, yep. yeah, they treat it like a real actor. It was, it was really part of the set, but yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, having my wife seen this for the first time in this last week, she's like, yeah, I see what you mean about the, the, the baby really did take over the show it was really, you know, the mm-hmm. buddy, buddy cop movie between the uh, Mandalorian and the child. Cause it was, yeah, a, that, you know, and that's funny. It actually kind of is. That's, yeah. that's, that's a lot of what it turns into. And it was also interesting in that episode on, on practical effects where they were talking about ships and they were making some comparisons to how ships uh, scenes with ships were shot in uh, the original trilogy and how over time they ended up changing that because of uh, basically camera lenses and the distance between the cameras and the, mm. the, uh, the, the models and what they had to do to make things happen. And, you know, even when they were talking about, oh, okay, so we're in space and we have these ships and, well, m- moving a ship against the black background doesn't do anything. But if you have stars in the background and you move the background – Mm. then it Mm -hmm. makes it look like the ships are moving. And so you don't have to move the camera. You don't have to move the ship, except maybe, you know, you're going to tilt or turn the ship to kind of help show that it's, you know, turning or twisting in space. But yeah, you're just going to move and slide the background around. And I was like, it it struck me. I never realized that before Mm -hmm. uh, that that was a thing that they did. I, it was, it was so cool. And it's just neat that, like, truly, we're watching this thing on The Mandalorian, and more than once it's occurred in the series that we've actually seen and learned things about the films. Yeah. Because they're comparing about, you know, hey, we this was done in the films this way, and maybe they changed it or modified it, or maybe did exactly the same stuff that George did. Mm-hmm. Well, so even the one on practical effects um... – where they talked about how they did the, the, the weapons and the blasters, you know, and how oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we did yep. the same thing we did in the original movies that they went and they rented, um, you World know, War vintage II. World War II weapons and they couldn't yeah. really modify them too much. So we did the same thing. We got found weapons that were unique looking and we could use the shapes and we'll play a little bit of modification to them. But uh, for the most part, try to stay with the same kind of elements because you're in the same time frame, really, um, as a new hope. So, you know, all that, yeah. that stuff is in the same, same vein. So pretty cool well, stuff. And, it's, it, and like even, uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned that about the blasters. And so one of the things that I think we've, I don't know if you knew this before we got into uh, doing the Mud Trooper stuff, but the, the E-11, which is the, the mm. real popular Stormtrooper blaster, that's actually based on a British uh, 9mm submachine gun called yeah, the Sterling. Sterling, yep. Uh, which was used in world war two. And even with that, like the, the thing that we see in, in the four stock is actually a collapsing stock uh, that actually unfolds and comes back that you can set it up against your, your shoulder. Uh, They don't do that in star Wars. They actually kind of really built that into the whole look of the, um, 
of 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 the the blaster itself. But mm -hmm. yeah, so many of these things were either immediately based on it, and and especially for uh, a new hope, they said that like they really couldn't modify them at all. Uh, because they had to be put back into prop circulation for World yeah. War II movies. They were only rented, yeah. Yeah, uh, but certainly in the future, they had done some hacking and slashing of some of these things and kind of rebuilt them into blasters that, you know, things that would be in universe. Mm -hmm. Yep, makes it, very, makes it very real. So, yeah. um, Let's see, Lego Star Wars. Um, the complete Skywalker saga is coming to... Um, a complete game now for everything, which is weird because they already had the complete series mm -hmm. <laughs> game um, before. Now this is the really complete game series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we have the Skywalker Saga being finished. Um, you know but, what? To be honest, though, the Lego games never disappoint. No, no. They're, they're a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Now, the one I mean, thing they're, they're is, certainly kind of a they're a thing of their own. Mm hmm. Uh, and but there's so much creativity in the game design and then thus in the gameplay. Um, yeah, they're really neat. So if you pre-order this through uh where's it Best Buy, right? They did the steelbooks. Mm -hmm. Um so they get they're getting a steelbook version of this, which is pretty cool. Kind of like they do for the movies. Uh the yep. steelbook version is a a Lego minifig Han and Carbonite. Yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty cool looking. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. And it actually does look just uh, so you have the Han and Carbonite uh, prop thing. Yeah. Does come with the uh, Slave One uh, UCS because uh, it goes into. Okay, uh, yep. It can be carried into the hold of, um, of, of slave one. Right. And th this, that steel book cover looks exactly like it. They designed them exactly the That's same. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Now, is there any new content in this, Tim? Is this just a rehashing of all the old games? I have to imagine there's something new in it. Yeah. There was something I thought I read here. There wasn't uh, no, there's no universal pre-order bonus. Crossover the game, best way is pretty cool. And it's the steel book. Um, I thought there was something in here about yes, it says it, they're making a whole new game with all nine films connected by That's one right. central yep. world. So, uh, the only films not included are Solo, Rogue One, and the Clone Wars, makes sense. Uh, which an entire Lego game was based off. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it sounds really really great so yeah it is kind of a mashup of the earlier ones but it's also i think going to be very different and and updated and like you said there was just some really good stuff so if you're a fan of the yeah. lego star wars games this might be something new to pick up there's their release date for this i didn't think i saw one so it's expected to come out sometime in 2020 mm -hmm. so yeah, keep your eyes out for that we're, we're halfway through so we can at least narrow it down to <laughs> we six months. are almost halfway through. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's see, I think we talked about this last week. Um, the YouTube channel is now active, I believe, right, Tim? Yes, it is. Okay. So we I was actually just that. on it earlier today. Oh, very uh, good. Checking it out, seeing what's up there. We've got a, a couple episodes of echo base and uh, one of random chatter up there. Right. So if you're out there, folks, cause subscribe to it, like the shows and, uh, you know, that'll help us out quite a bit. We appreciate your efforts there. Um, you can get a hold of us, uh, you know, the following ways we normally do this. Um, Twitter, we're Random Chatter, and we are Force Chatter. Um, we're also on Instagram, I think, for both those, Random Chatter and Force Chatter as well. Mm. 
And you can find us on Discord, probably the best way to interact with all the hosts for all the shows, uh, randomchatter.com slash Discord. You can um, uh, see we are talking about YouTube, uh, like and subscribe on there. And um, you know, email, of course, is um, uh, randomchatter. Uh, sorry, um, echobase at randomchatter.com. Yes. Now, Tim, another one of you. See, you definitely wrote these show notes because we had Thrawn to start with. <laughs> and now, now, starting for the second half, we're coming back with, with Jar Jar. He's uh, back. I, God, Tim, I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> um, so last week, we did talk about the new game show he's doing. Um, Lou? Yes, Lou? Lou? Did you miss me? Uh, yes, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> So Tim, last week when you weren't here, we did talk about the new game show he is doing. Uh, the Jedi is Jedi yes. Challenges. Is that what the name of it? I can't remember. Uh, Jedi Temple Challenge. Jedi Temple Challenge, which I have not yet had a chance to watch. Have you? I have not. I've only seen the trailer for it. It looks interesting. I mean, I think I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd check it out at least once. I'm not going to say I'm going to watch the entire series because it really is kid based, but um, it looks fun. I mean, the kids get to yeah. do stunts and you know challenges and, and test their skills, but do it in a way <laughs> that is, you know, I guess in step of becoming a Jedi, which I think is pretty cool for the kids and pretty cool to watch yes. too. So, yeah. um, but at the same time now, um, the beloved actor who was Jar Jar in the movies, um, mm-hmm. I had best. Yep. He was, um, talking with, uh, was this on screen, right? Right. Yeah. Screen Rant had the article and yeah, it, was, uh, it was on Twitter. Was it? Okay. And yeah. And someone basically asked him, you know, would you ever return as Jar Jar? And he, uh, his response was, he said, I would return as Jar Jar, but it would have to depend on the story. And so I, I think that he would want to see, you know, something true to true to Jar Jar. And they actually kind of speculate a little bit in the article of like when and how would that happen? And because uh, Jar Jar had some interaction with Obi-Wan, uh, maybe there's some possibility for Jar Jar to appear in the Obi-Wan series. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, you know, I, I am not a Jar Jar hater. Um, I also don't think Jar Jar needed to be in the story, <laughs> but um, no, it's him. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I don't hate the character. It's just, I thought, you know, the, the slapstickness of it, the, you know, the way he reacted, I just didn't think it was all that in in universe but no no i'm i'm with you i'm with you i guess my my question going forward that. is you know do and nothing is at my best i think he's a great actor but do we need more georgia content well of course the answer is yes now tim tim step back from the edge a minute <laughs> <laughs> and um you know i i, I you know seriously though do, do we i mean do if, we need it? No, no. I, I, but, I guess the question is, you know, would it add to the overall, you know, world building we have by giving us more Jar Jar content? Is his, is his story done as far as Star Wars is concerned? Well, it, it really all depends on what they write and how they write it. I, I, I think it's real easy for a lot of people to say, yeah, no, absolutely. Jar Jar was horrible. We don't need more Jar Jar or even people who who actually liked or even at least didn't mind Jar Jar to say, yeah, no, his his story is done. We don't need any more of that. Uh, but it all depends on on what they write. They could actually write a real meaningful part form 
Not that I think we need to see a lot of Jar Jar. I will even admit to that. But I appreciate the character for for what he is and what he can contribute beyond just kind of the slapstick stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually when you look at kind of the arc of the character, and obviously in episode one, yes, a lot of that was was slapsticky. In episode two, he got to be like a pretty deep character. Like they showed that he had emotion and kind of some gravity to him. And I, they even explored some things in the Clone Wars series with with Jar Jar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could, and I'm not saying he also has to be completely serious. I think that they can be very true to the character. They can have some fun with it, but they can also have something really serious. Um, he he was a friend of of Obi Wan's, and so you know maybe to have him in some element of the Obi-Wan series of like, Hey, he becomes a trusted confidant and, and, you know, he's the only one that knows that Obi-Wan is still alive or something. Uh, see, I find that hard to take as saying he's a trusted confidant, but yeah, I don't know. It's just to me, I mean, he was slapsticky and really just not with the story in episode one. And then later he becomes, uh, you know, less about the comedy and more about the, Hey, we just used this guy to give the chancellor more power, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he became the, um, you know, well, it wasn't comic effect. It was the stooge that, that allowed this to yes. happen, you know? And mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, okay, going forward, what else are we going to do? We got to have another, another sequence where he does something that creates another problem or, you know, I don't know. It just, to me, I, as, as much as I don't think we, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, he's, you know, you can't rewrite the story and get rid of him entirely. I think it's fine mm-hmm. that he's there, but I don't see any, any path that brings him back into this story. I'll tell you where actually I see some opportunity here is it, it, in the Obi-Wan series where Obi-Wan needs something. No okay. idea what that something might be. It could be information. It could be a thing. It could be whatever. A cappuccino. And and he can't go do that thing or he can't completely execute that mission all the way. He happens to cross paths with Jar Jar. And I think it's really easy for a lot of people in society to basically dismiss a Gungan. What kind of a threat could a Gungan possibly be? Okay. And so Jar Jar is the one who kind of helps out with that. And it could also be a, a redemption thing for Jar Jar as well, because obviously he, you know, you would expect he would feel bad about this whole thing. We did get the little vignette of, of Jar Jar as a depressed clown in the aftermath series. I, you know what I, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, I defended the aftermath series for a long time. Um, I, I am at this point completely dismissive of, of almost everything in the aftermath series. Well, there were some, well, there was a lot of good story in the aftermath series. And I will admit to that. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed that so much of it didn't connect. Uh, That was just really, that's what I didn't like. I was fine with the story. I was fine with, with the characters. I I think that there was some good stuff that was in there, but I'm, I'm really disappointed that it didn't connect. And, and that may not, even be a fault of the author. I think that just simply may be a fault of where Lucasfilm ended up taking things. Mm. Um, right. Yeah. I don't know. think Chuck, I, I mean, there was so much wrong. time that passed. 
It was just, yeah, yeah it was just, that's what they gave him to work with. And there's only so much you can do. Yeah. You know, I, I did kind of chuckle there a second ago, too, when you're talking about the redemption story for, for Jar Jar. And I don't know how you redeem yourself from unleashing <laughs> Palpatine on the galaxy. I mean, you come right down to it. He's the guy that put that in motion. <laughs> it's Jar Jar's fault. This is true. Or, or, <laughs> or I offer the alternate scenario or, or the, the alternate story that Obi-Wan actually uncovers the truth of Darth Jar Jar <laughs> and he has there. duel of the fates part. I don't know. However many, uh, you know, cause with Darth Maul, there were so many, uh, right. but you know, another Obi-Wan, uh, V Sith Lord. And this one is going to be Jar Jar Binks, uh, the ultimate Sith Lord. He, he was like this, interim apprentice of Palpatine for a little while. And then Palpatine said, Oh, you know what, Anakin, I think that's going to work out way better. Um, and you know, so Jar Jar is another one of these like fallen Sith Lords, just like, uh, we had from Maul, who he's completely dismissed by Palpatine. And now he just goes rogue and he's just killing everybody. <laughs> and, and Obi-Wan has to take him down. Oh boy! Or he might be, you know, the, maybe the next crime lord. He's he's ruling the underworld, taking over for Darth Maul. Yeah, after after Solo. I, I, yeah, I I could see him being ruthless like a hut. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim. Well, um, back to reality now. Um, <laughs> so we have we are about what um, two months away from celebration. Yeah, sure. It doesn't feel like it because we haven't been talking about it. We haven't been getting any kind of updates on anything. Um, It's one of the few large events that has not been canceled Mm -hmm. as of yet. Um, What do you think, Tim? Well, I think also so many of us have basically resigned ourselves to the fact that it's not going to happen or if it does, I mean, you and I texted about this, I don't know, a week or two ago. I, I mean, I, at this point, even if they are going to hold it, I, I really don't think I'm going to go. Mm. It, it's a tough call. It really is. If they do decide to hold this in, in August, um, do I really want to be in a room with that many other people yep. uh, or on a plane or, you know, in a, yep. in a restaurant or a hotel? Um, I mean, we're, we're even seeing, places around places, some place around the country, uh, but also places around the world, some other countries who basically have uh, started their return to normalcy with a bit too much aggression mm-hmm. and their infection rates and uh, fatality rates from coronavirus have gone back up again. Right. Not necessarily as a an official second wave uh, or, you know, maybe a localized second wave. But I mean, that's that's pretty significant. Yeah. No, I think it's, and, it's something you know, we all need to be concerned about. Yeah. I mean, if if, if they're going to put us in into a convention center with tens of thousands of our best friends, uh, I think that's kind of irresponsible. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I'm going to do it. I think at this point they kind of have no choice, but not to. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I kind of think they're going to cancel this at some point sooner than later. Uh, yeah. I mean, California has been pretty reserved on how they're opening things back up again. And 
they're doing it very slowly, doing it very methodically, and I don't see them allowing a convention of this size to happen two months from now when things are still so up in the air. Um, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of hoping they were going to have the announcement earlier than later. I mean, they should say something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had that one announcement, what, about a month ago? Where they talked about how if you know we do cancel this, you can have the either get a refund mm-hmm. or keep your tickets till next time. Um, and they're working on plans going forward and trying to make this all happen. But um, yeah, I just I I'm, mean also, you know, realistically, when you look at dates, like now is probably like this is the period of time that if you hadn't made your airplane reservations, mm-hmm. you really should be right now and making sure that you have those. I, I hadn't before, and I have no desire to right now. Yeah, I have Like, there's not this nagging thing in the back of my head saying, oh, I really should make those just in case. No, nope, nope. Yep. I mean, I haven't put in for time off from work because <laughs> I had planned yep. on doing that a while ago and just didn't. Um, I haven't done reservations for um, flights. I haven't even looked into it. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mm-hmm. just... I, I'm not confident they're going to have it. I just wish there was some kind of news about something for this. Yeah. And I don't think Dragon Con has canceled yet either. Really? Yeah. They're the they're pretty much like one of the only remaining big ones. Well, New York hasn't canceled either, and they're October. But tickets are usually yeah. on sale by now. Um. Yeah, Dragon Con is uh, September 3 through 7, and they have not canceled yet. So, but I mean, we have kind of been in this rolling like two months-ish ahead where they're canceling, which I, I think is two months is pretty fair, um, you know, to give adequate notice mm-hmm. and such. But uh, yeah, you know, and we've talked about this before on Echo Base that there certainly will be a lot of like artists who are totally getting shafted by this whole thing, which is obviously no one's fault. Yeah. But you know, and I'm not going to say if I'm going to say when celebration cancels because they will, I am hoping that they do some kind of virtual con. I'm hoping that they have some kind of like virtual artist gallery and virtual vendor area and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff to at least help some of these vendors or or to at least help these vendors recoup some of their, uh, their, their lost revenue with this. And there's so many good things out there. And we've even talked about like, Hey, what happens with these exclusives? Yeah. Because a lot of them are labeled as celebration, 2020 exclusive t-shirt pin hat, yeah, uh, baby Yoda with a tattoo on his forehead. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, Whatever at, at dinner, is. I had and, my one of my pint glasses from Celebration Chicago, and it says, you know, Celebration Chicago 2019. I'm like, yep. So those have already been made. I, you know, I mean, unless they're just not holding off and not gonna have anything for the convention. I mean, that kind of stuff doesn't just happen a week before the show week before the show starts. So yep. I don't know. Uh, as we were talking, I pulled up on um, New York Comic Con site. Um, Read Exhibitions has a uh, June fourth update for COVID nineteen, and just says we're we're actively, continually monitoring the COVID nineteen virus outbreak in line with local, state, and federal authorities, uh, public health organizations, Centers for Disease Control, 
Food Prevention, World Health Organization. Please check the event website for up-to-date information about a specific event with regard to COVID-19 virus. Um, our position remains unchanged. The health and wellness of our exhibitors, visitors, and staff is our one priority. With the situation evolving rapidly, we strongly urge our exhibitors and visitors to refer to the guidelines and protocols suggested by your local and national public health authorities regarding the virus. Mm-hmm. So nothing about canceling or anything, but they haven't sold tickets yet, unless I just missed the ticket sale for New York Comic Con already. But I, I, again, I don't I, think they have because I don't think so uh, either. I would have got an email at some point saying, "Hey, exactly, you're, you know, we're, you're, you're we're on the list as yeah, right as as previous ticket holders. That's who they usually put things out to first, and yeah. we haven't gotten that. So yeah, I, all these things are just so up in the air, and I wish there was just more information about it. I mean, it's kind of like you know, you just kind of wish they'd say, you know what. We're going to call 2020 a draw and we're going to go on to 2021 and yeah. see where we're at. But yeah. Yep. Or in the famous words of Jar Jar, my give up. <laughs> yes, Tim. Yes, Tim, you give up. Um, we haven't talked about fancy play games in a while, but we had something I just wanted to bring up here. Um, the X-Wing game is still evolving and still new ships coming out and new rules being put out and all kinds of new stuff coming around, um, which is cool because the game is just so far evolved from where it was when I was playing a couple of years ago. But um, mm-hmm. they've got a new uh, beta, uh, sorry, an alpha. Um, it's an open alpha mm-hmm. for X-Wing. They're doing, at first I thought this was about Solo, the movie Solo, but no, it, it's it's playing Solo. Um, or flying soul, you should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it says here, uh, this is off the FFG website, Starfighter Battles X-Wing uh, can range from small skirmishes between a few ships to epic battles involving multiple squadrons and capital ships. In all these battles, at least two players come to come together to play out these tense engagements with um, iconic ships from across the Star Wars saga. Now we're working on an entirely new way to play um, out the space battles in Star Wars Galaxy, we need your help. Fancy Play Games is happy to announce an open alpha for X-Wing solo play. Uh, this new game mode gives you the chance to test your skills against a dynamic and unpredictable automated opponent whose behavior is dictated by a simple set of rules um, using components found in the X-Wing core set. As these rules are still being developed, we need your help to test them. Throughout the development process, we'll ask for your feedback using Google Forums, um, says reading for more information about how you can play X-Wing solo. Mm-hmm. So this looks pretty cool. There's a, a lot more text on here about doing this. I'm going to have to read into this more and see what this is all about because, um, you know, one of the problems I have where I am, there's not a lot of game stores near me and a lot of people play this locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I'd be apt to see how this works, you know, playing it alone. Would be yeah, cool. and then, you know, I, I think one, they probably did this because there are a lot of people like us who might not have a local game store. Um, I did have one locally here and uh, the, the pandemic has permanently mm. shut them down. Oh, that's too bad. Um, you know, or you just simply don't know people locally who, who play, but you have it. It's awesome. The ships are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Might as well, you know, take an opportunity to, to play it, but you don't know, you know, you don't have, have anyone to play it with. But then also with the pandemic where, hey, maybe I can't get together with my friends to play it. Uh, So they developed this thing. Uh, So actually, if you go to Fantasy Flight Games, to the website, go to the X-Wing website that's in there. uh, And you'll see the news for this. If you scroll to the bottom of that page, there is actually a rule set 
for the solo play open alpha and it's like a 15 page pdf and it gives you basically everything that you need for this and they do have in it um uh or well in also in the website there's a google form since this is an alpha uh so you're you're they're basically looking for people to to play test it uh you can submit uh they have a google form set up to submit feedback on it cool so that's pretty awesome um yeah i i think it's terrific that they're doing this i think it's a it's a great thing to do and it could be a lot of fun i may have to check it out yeah i'm gonna have to download this pdf and check this up myself yeah very very cool Okay, Tim, well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. For, for not having a lot of news, we certainly padded out an hour. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so, for joining us, everybody. So that was Jarger related, and I apologize that, folks. But, you know, hey. Lou. Yes, Tim? I'm very disappointed in that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um, let's see here. We don't really have any f- official closings anymore because we've uh, been doing so much stuff online with um, uh, video stuff on Twitch. But um, certainly you can check us out on Sunday nights, usually on Twitch. Uh, we stream that on Eric's Twitch account, which is Cinefan, C-Y-N-E-F-A-N. And um, we also do you know our stuff on YouTube now, as we said, and also post the audio on the website as well. So check all those things out and uh, leave us comments and chat about us with your friends. Until next week, guys, take care. Take care.